0: Congratulations, you made it to the X You can sit back and relax, hate yourself because your stash is so messy, and we hope you enjoy the show.
1: Hey there, Mike, a.k.a. MTB Trigger here. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Ronald, a.k.a. Eric. If you are brand new, welcome. This is an Escape from Tarkov podcast where we talk about all things EFT. And our goal is to get better at the game. And we hope you come along with us for that journey. This week, well, we take our own advice. (laughs) I don't have any announcements for my part of hideout keeping this week, which is where we normally do our announcements. And I usually have a couple. Ronald usually has a couple. And I don't know where this fits in. So I'm going to put it here in hideout keeping. And I think those of you with kids will appreciate this. But last weekend, we were making homemade Play-Doh, my wife and I and our kids. And to do this, if you've ever done it, it requires oil and flour some other various household ingredients and cream of tartar. And so now, after doing this over the weekend, forever in my mind, thanks to my youngest son, will be the ultimate kitchen backstock glorious item that you probably all have and you haven't used in four or five years, cream of Tarkov. Thank you, Jacob, my youngest son, for forever changing that item in my kitchen i will never ever be able to say it the correct way just saying cream of tartar a minute ago i just wanted to say cream of tarkov it's glorious so they hear everything it made me laugh but anyway cream of tarkov you're welcome good luck ever saying it correctly again but anyway that's all i've
0: got on my side of the hideout what's going on on your side sir cream of tarkov remember that is going to be a uh negative 100 hydration It's going to be a plus 50 to plus 60 energy and definitely it's going to leave you with a debuff that's going to um, make it difficult to eat anything else (laughs) for the rest of the raid. Yep. Mm. Yep, yep. Cream of Tartar. There it is. It definitely is uh, going to be a Kappa item. Just wait. That'll be our, our streamer item. <laughs>
1: Please, no, oh, dude. Cream if we of ever tar-ka. got
0: one and it was, oh, no. Can you imagine no. that? MTBs, Cream of Tarkov, along with everybody else's cool streamer items. <laughs> there it is. I'm predicting it right now. Confirmed. <laughs> Please, no. Wow. We're only like two minutes in and the show's is <sighs> But okay, let's get back on track. We can do this. We can You're do up. this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, Well, the best way to get in touch with me is always in Discord. So send me a DM, tag me in a message, and I will get to it. I'll I'll see it uh, every day. We're in Discord talking with people all the time. And a special thanks. I don't have any announcements, but just a special thanks in general to everybody who's engaging. We have so many new people in Discord. It's literally growing exponentially, and it is great. I've stopped in at random times and just jumped into some channels to say hi to people. It's been great talking to people who just bought the game. Just had a friend buy a game or a couple of people come in and said, hey, been lurking around and been listening to the show for a while. So regardless of if you're brand new or if you've been lurking for a long time, thank you for being part of the XL community. It's pretty cool. Uh, remember that if you have any PC questions, we've got the hardware section in Discord. Check it out. That can tag me or you can tag Smokey Ranger. He's our resident uh, PC help desk tier one, as he likes to say, and uh, sends all the uh, harder questions on to the nether or in my direction, one of the two. So a special shout out to Smokey. Thank you for running that little section of Discord. Much appreciated, sir. You can also follow me on the Twitters, at Ronald Gaming, of course. And a couple times a week, I hang out in MTB Trigger's Twitch stream at twitch.tv slash MTB Trigger, where we just have a good time, talk about weird foods like Cream of Tarkov, and watch Trigger play whatever game that he's playing that day. On a serious note, if you have something that you'd like to get to the show that's more formal, the business email for the show is xpmedia2020 at gmail.com.
1: And support for this episode is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Use code EXFIL, E-X-F-I-L, for 20% off and free shipping. The best in men's grooming hardware and products. Manscaped.com, code Xfil 20% off and free shipping on your order. Other ways you can support the show, the best way as always, share it with a friend. Share it with somebody who just got the game, who's thinking about it. Just in the last week, I've heard of three or four people who just got the game, just built a PC, and had been listening to the show for months. Months, plural, leading up to them buying the game, not ever having run a raid. So, someone's interested, share the show. You don't know when they're going to dig in. And it's just been really, really neat hearing the success stories and just how different the perception is to the reality of playing this game having listened to people talk about it for a few months. If you're looking to support the show directly, we do have Patreon for that. We also have Prime Gaming. So Patreon, you can commit a monthly amount as low as $1 that goes directly to us, and Prime Gaming also comes to us directly through my Twitch Prime account, or Twitch account through that Prime Gaming sub. If you have an Amazon subscription already, you have a free one to give away, and that does help us out directly. So if you remember it, this is your reminder. Drop your Prime sub on my Twitch channel. That is a huge, huge help. Lastly, follow our social media and subscribe to our YouTube. We have tons of content over on YouTube, including guides, tips and tricks, and more video games. And with the recent announcements from BlizzCon over the last few days, you can look forward to and anticipate from us especially in the Diablo 2 remaster franchise, as well as some new exciting stuff from WoW Classic, notably Burning Crusade being officially announced. But I talk about Diablo 2 all the time, and it's getting remastered, so you can bet We will be doing some coverage on that in some form or another. But if you're looking to find me directly or looking for me somewhere, you can find me on Twitch or Twitter at MTB Trigger. And you can always hit me up in the Discord as well. So hideout keeping. I think we're cleaned up, man. I think we got rid of the mess. How was your week in Tarkov?
0: Well, I find it pretty interesting that Battlestate has added a new boss to the game. So there is definitely something that now I would call it mainstreamed into Tarkov. We thought it was a temporary thing, but it's definitely mainstreamed into Tarkov. When you're going for Kappa, you have to have a quest, which you've done, I think, just now. And you have gotten through all of the scab bosses, right? So you had to go kill Rishala and on and on and on, right? There is a boss that is harder than that quest. It is one that is a smaller margin for error. It is one that has variability, so it can spawn and it can have very interesting and variable problems. And it is equally as frustrating and creates scarcity and problems in the game. So Battlesit has found a way to create this perfect scenario. And I'm obviously talking about the Jaeger Fuel Boss. Everybody's been experiencing this. I have gone up against the Jaeger Fuel Boss in this past week, and I'm happy to report that I have some long-range and short-range kills. Against the Jaeger Fuel Boss. Yeah. Thank you to some folks in Discord who talked about the spamming refresh with two or three minutes to go on the countdown timer for Jaeger's refresh. We have definitely had some success getting fuel cans there. But this week, I've gone up against the Jaeger Fuel Boss and I've won. So
1: really quick, though, will you explain what you mean by getting the fuel and refreshing early because whether or not this is still a thing by the time we release this episode, I think this is an important concept because it's not specific. It's not concise, but there is a way that you can get fuel. Somebody said it in discord and we, we were sort of laughing saying it wasn't true. And then we went and did it. <laughs> and of course it works. So will you break it down.
0: Yeah, absolutely. In all seriousness, the fuel shortage in-game is real right now, right? You can't really buy them on the flea market for, you know, they're hundreds of thousands, four or 500,000 rubles for a metal can. The blue cans are even more expensive. And it's a real thing. And matches now have gotten to be so expensive that even the trade, which is routinely available, is very expensive to actually perform. So in Discord... I don't remember who it was, so shout out to you, the anonymous person. You can feel good. In Discord, we had someone mention that you can spam the refresh on Jaeger. And there's a little circle arrow refresh button thingy up by Jaeger's name in the trader section. And I honestly didn't even know this was there. I I overlooked it, didn't even know you could refresh manually. I didn't know this was a thing. Now, one of the things that's interesting is what was happening to me is the timer on Jaeger would get down to zero and it wouldn't restock. It'd be instant gone. And this happened for a couple of days. And I think I told you, I'm like, I don't know what's going on with the gas in game, dude, but like, there's none to be had. I think I tried seven or eight in a row and it was nothing. I think it was seven. I did seven in a row and there was, I couldn't get a gas can. And so that's when I started to think, uh, wait a minute, are they really trying to test something different here. And on a side note, solar power has gotten so expensive now, it's probably up over 20 million by the time this podcast goes live, that it's just crazy kind of what we're facing to get it done. So getting back to it, that little refresh button by Jaeger, if you push that when the timer gets down to say under five minutes, what you're going to notice is the timer is going to start jumping up and down plus or minus 30, 40 seconds in all directions. And if you keep hitting refresh at about the two minute mark, it may jump down to like 30 seconds. Just wait there and it'll get down to zero and you'll catch the restock and you'll be able to buy one. And it's like there's this weird lag time where either the servers are syncing or I'm not sure what's happening with the netcode or whatever in the background, but something's happening where all of the different servers are syncing. And There's a way to just keep spamming refresh to actually complete the transaction to buy the metal fuel can for, you know, the 140 or whatever it is.
1: Yeah. And it's really kind of odd if you sit there and do this because you'll hit that refresh on Jaeger and you'll notice it says, you know, he's got his countdown timer and it's counting down. And if it's five minutes and you hit the button every once in a while, you'll hit that little refresh circle, which is right next to his name when you're in his trading window. And you'll see it drop like Ronald was saying, like it'll just like artificially drop by like 20 or 30 seconds. And so they're clearly working on this. It's not (laughs) exact by any means, but that's how you can get a fuel can right now. And if you start doing this three or four minutes before he resets, uh, we had really good success with this on a couple in a row. And we were able to get cans a few times in a row and I've been able to do it since. So if it's still going on, pro tip, that's the way to get some fuel right now and conquer
0: the fuel boss. Absolutely. Besides conquering the fuel boss, I've been working on completing some tasks, which we'll talk about here in the main part of tonight's show. And it's been a pretty good week as far as that goes. I really have had to push some scav killing tasks, and looking forward to getting into that. So, how about you? How's your week? This has been a monster
1: week as far as task completion is gone for me. I got Shooter Born in Heaven done this week. I got the guide done this week. I got the Tarkov shooter task line done this week, which we'll talk about a little bit here in a minute. And so I'm really nearing Kappa. I'm within striking distance, definitely less than 10 tasks. I have to kill Sherman. I have to kill Gluhar. I have to kill Raiders. And I have to kill... Rashala's raiders. I have to get sniper skill from level 8, and I'm like 60% there, to level 9. And then I have a handful of other tasks that I haven't really researched enough to know if they are kappa required or not, like anesthesia and, you know, the stem task. And I know some of them are required, some of them aren't. I haven't really been focused on them as main progression because they don't unlock a bunch of other stuff. So, I think I'm within 10 tasks of Kappa right now, and I got a lot of the really hard ones done. Guide and Shooter Born in Heaven are usually where I just don't like to play that way. It's not even a frustration thing. you know. If I have two hours to sit down, I don't find myself wanting to go sit on a hill and try to get Shooter Born in Heaven shots. And so when I'm doing Shooter Born in Heaven, I'm running around like a crazy person trying to hit 100 meter shots from anywhere I can on the map, and it's not super effective. Uh, it, it takes some time, so I've been working on it for weeks, really, and I finally got to the point where I just had reserve left, and so I was basically a menace on the outside of the bunkers and running around the perimeter of the map just t- trying to find 100 meter kills. So I got those done. I'm anticipating in the next week or two uh, to have Kappa done. I'm not sure exactly where I'm at, but that's, that's kind of been my week, is just continuing to do tasks. I get sidetracked in Factory pretty often still, and <laughs> I'm going to push for Kappa. I think my stretch goal would be on the next podcast to announce that I've gotten Kappa, and that's that's kind of my goal right now. Is In the next seven days, I think I can accomplish it. It's really going to come down to Scav boss spawns because that's kind of the big gatekeeping for me now because the rest can be done in any raid. Those require very specific scenarios, as we all know. But... I don't want to dance around it any longer and <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just get into it because the truth is last week was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun talking about Exploration Fear. The feedback on Exploration Fear and last week's episode just came pouring in from all sources. We heard about it over DM. We heard about it In episode feedback in Discord, I saw it on Twitch over and over and again. And hearing the successes, the stories that came out of everybody having great raids when looting new areas or exploring new routes or getting absolutely destroyed, but they went into resort or they went into labs was awesome. It was so cool reading this because it's the exact thing that we experienced on Customs. And the truth is, after we made the episode (laughs) we we both had tasks on woods that we were avoiding we both knew that we needed to take our own advice because honestly we both kind of (laughs) felt like woods sucks and we we knew he hadn't
0: really explored it remember this week was for science (laughs) this whole thing with woods was completely for science because trigger's right we had to take our own advice we don't pick woods when we start to play, when we get on at night and say, Hey, what do you want to do? Woods is not part of that conversation. So
1: no, it's true though, because like most nights, we had what an hour or two after recording and we're like, okay, let's do some raids. So we log back into the game. We realize we hated ourselves for not cleaning our stashes. And so we're doing our organizing activities and it's kind of like, Hey, what do you want to do? Oh, I don't know. I got some tasks. And You know, so then the third time it gets asked, all right, so what do you want to do? And we pull up our Discord streams, we're looking at each other's tasks list, and it's like, okay, well, it's pretty clear what we need to do, (laughs) because we both have tasks on woods, and that was the biggest correlating task line that we could both work on stuff. So we landed there, I needed to kill three PMCs with a bolt action in one raid, Ronald needed various scav kills, some on the task where he couldn't wear armor while doing it, which I'm sure we've all had fun doing that a time or two. And we both really had been dreading finishing these up. The truth is, after that exploration fear conversation, I keep saying the truth is, it's like, it's because I don't like woods. (laughs) So I keep saying truth is, because I'm like convincing myself, it really did take convincing to run woods, because I do just avoid it. And, And we had this conversation. It's like, well, we literally just talked about this. We literally just told everybody that we got over this on customs. Why can't we apply the same formula to woods? And so we did. We made the decision that we were going to have fun and we're going to explore first. That was our primary goal, was to be in raid together, have fun, explore first, and we would work on our tasks second, but we both knew what each other needed. And so that that was our commitment.
0: Yep. And what's the first thing that happens when you commit to having fun and exploring first You spawn in the new part of the map that you basically have no idea where you are and you're lost running around. It's fantastic. Although this time we didn't run into landmines, which is great. (laughs) Because in the past, (laughs) we ran into the scab landmines, which was not great. But this time we ran around and we're like, what do we do? What do we do? Well, the first thing we did is like, okay. If we can see the mountain, we at least know that's the middle of the map. But I think it's important to kind of talk a little bit about why we didn't play Woods that much besides the scab landmines and besides the fact that most wipes, Woods turns into a giant sniper fest. So isn't that fun? And especially the way that Woods was structured before, it literally was a sniper fest at a certain point. And I think the expansion into Woods is great because it has opened up the map so much that it can't be a sniper fest. Some areas of it can be, but not all of it can be. And so keeping that in mind, our journey into exploring Woods and getting lost and running, running over landmines started with, okay, let's get the early tasks done, which you and I both did, you know, so it's not like we haven't played it at all, but it's just not our preferred map. So we decided we need to take our own vice. Let's get in there. And let's do it. So that's where we started.
1: Yeah. And you said something that just made me realize just how bad this started because I said it logging in. I'm like, okay, we got our tasks. We're loading into the map. I really hope we don't spawn in the new area. And it was kind of a two part thing. One is I don't know that area, I don't know where other PMCs spawn really. I don't really know how to get around. I can manage, and I have to pull up the map on the other screen, which I didn't even have up yet. And so in my mind, I'm like, okay, hopefully we don't spawn there. And sure enough, we did. And immediately in my mind, I was just like, oh, gosh, I didn't plan for this because I went in with a very kitted DVL on this first raid. I had a DVL that was suppressed, had the voodoo scope on it. I had my FN pistol as my sidearm. In my mind, I'm going to cover Ronald. Well, he's killing scabs and I'm just I'm just picking off PMCs and there's no problem. And then we spawn on the complete opposite shoreline from where I <laughs> Right the by river. the river. Yeah. And I was like, right, good point, the river. And I'm like, um <laughs> So uh what do what do you want to do? Where where should we go? It was really good though because I think it goes back to this exploration fear concept because honestly, at that point I knew that my chance for survival went down because I'm out of my element. I'm in the part of the map I don't know. And if another PMC does know and knows rotations, they, they could get us. Typically, I run around by myself. I can play sound. I can play slow. But we had objectives. So we're running. We're going. So, you know, the first thing you said to me was, you see the mountain. And I'm like, what mountain? I don't know what you're talking about. And you're like, oh, look for the mountain. That's, that's the midpoint on the map now. So he said, follow me, you take off. I, over the course of a few raids having to do this, I now know what he was referring to as the mountain. I learned some landmarks. So to me, I mean, that was something you taught me and it's now ingrained. Like if I'm in the new part of woods, I look for this mountain and you knew it already. You knew exactly where you were going. So How did you know to go this way? Like, when did that become something you figured out on Woods?
0: When I was doing the two new Jaeger tasks, we have to find the new places early on in Woods. I specifically was trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to do in this new part of Woods to not get lost when I spawn in there? Initially, when the wipe started, there were no maps. So I had to figure something out. And there's two lakes on the, I guess would be the upper left corner of the map that kind of are near the new scav town area that has the landmines around it. And I spent a lot of time, for some reason, I would always spawn in that area and then I would get turned around and I would always end up back by the river. I would never end up in the new part of the map. It was so frustrating and I couldn't figure out why. And then I realized that there is a big mountain in the middle of the map and Just like on Shoreline, how Battlestate put the power lines in and kind of the resort to kind of orientate you on the map, I think they have the mountain and the placement of the mountain where you can see it, and then kind of the road in the middle of the new part. There's landmarks there, which kind of the map makes sense after a while. And I actually just did an offline raid with no scavs or anything in it. And I kind of ran from side to side, just seeing what I could see and trying to orientate myself from direction. And I just did that because that's the way that I learn. So I no other reason than it just helped me.
1: Well, and that's for me too. It's like, it's connecting things together. And and I usually get them from making a mistake or that fear moment. And I actually look forward to that. I seek those out. I relished in that opportunity of like, okay, well, he knows where he's going. So I'm going to look around. So I'm looking all over the place, And then we finally got up to the base of the mountain, and I see that triangle patch of ground. And I'm like, this is the landmark that I know, because the last time I was up on this sniper rock, I was going with someone who had explored it thoroughly, and they billy goat all over the thing, and they showed me where the loot was and how to get up to the sniper. So at that point, I was like, I know where we are. And so we start climbing the mountain. And we did this at a few raids, but the the one that I'm remembering was we go up there, I get tagged up by the scab sniper. I didn't even see him and I get hit. I'm like, he's up there. I know you need scabs. So Ronald comes around the corner and drops the scab sniper. And then we're we're kind of billy goading around up there. And it's kind of brutal because some of the falls you have to take can be really dangerous if you don't hug the wall. And even if you do hug the wall, right, the physics aren't always the best. And you end up breaking a limb or two, and that happened to us. It happened to both of us. But eventually, we we skirted around, starting on the north part of the map near the river, working our way south, and then up that big mountain where the scab sniper is. We went into the little I would call it uh, ZB. It's like a ZB extract up there in the mountain, and there's a loot spot in there. So we learned where that was, looted the scab sniper, and then we're kind of looking all over the place. And then out of nowhere. I get shot, and I know where he's at. He's from exactly where we just came from. He's up on that high part of the rock, and I reposition, get ready to shoot, and he hits me in the head. And so I'm like, Ronald, he's right up where we just came from. I don't know what he's shooting, but he just destroyed me. I remember looking at Ronald's Discord stream, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to suck so bad, because the sun had come around the rock, and was right on that high ledge where we just came from, making it nearly impossible to see an enemy from where Ronald's at. So you kind of had a couple choices there when when we got into this situation. So first time we'd really been up there together, first time we've definitely had PvP up there together, and what was going through your mind when that was going on?
0: Well, just like we talked about a couple weeks ago, when we were talking about squads The first thing that I was thinking to myself was, okay, it's I want to defend your gear, right? That's the first thought that went through my mind was, okay, trigger's dead. Want to make sure that I do whatever I can to get your stuff out if you care, you know? And logistically, you have to figure out if that's possible. You had died very exposed on the top of the rock. When you got shot, I was a little bit down from where you were towards that ZB kind of bunker looking place that has the rare spawn in it. And I slid down and was kind of hidden by a rock face. So he was looking down there and couldn't see me. So we kind of had this decision to make. It's like, okay, is it worth it to go and possibly get shot in the same way that you did to get the gear out, right? Or is it just abandon it and keep going or wait and see if they come down the mountain and loot, right? I mean, that's really the only options that we had. So we had a conversation. I was in a safe spot. I was covering your body and I was looking up and looking almost directly into the sun. It was a tough shot, not much it could do with it. And I didn't have a scope. I had an SKS with a dovetail on it and a red dot because frankly, we were running around and we were thinking if we lost, we lost, it wouldn't matter that much on that particular run. So I did not have a great way to really see up there. And I waited there for a good 10 minutes thinking, okay, if he's going to come down, we'll hear him jumping around coming because you got to jump on those rocks. And we'll hear the big, you know, clown feet jumps and Tarkov hit, hit the rocks. And we just didn't hear anything. We didn't hear anything. We didn't hear or see a thing. And we had talked about it and you really didn't have that good of gear. You didn't really care what it was. So I made my way out the backside the opposite way and kind of made my way down and slipped and fell and broke my leg, but didn't die and got down to the ground and healed up. And <laughs> uh, For me, this was a moral victory, but I'm going to explain what happened. As I hit the ground, I healed up. I was ready to go. It was 10 seconds of looking around. Ronald's ready. I am ADS'd looking around, we're ready to go. I hear a rustling in a bush off to my right, far enough away that I can't see what it is. It's around the corner. I get up, I get ready. I see a PMC running right at me. I get the shot. I shoot him and I hit him at least six or seven times. He hits me, I die. Because upon further review, it was not desync. He was not cheating. I did not miss. I shot him in his armor. (laughs) And I did not shoot him in his head, which is the only place to kill somebody in Tarkov. So the moral of the story is that you can make the tough choice to not defend your partner's armor, and you can make it down to the bottom and get down into the grass in woods. You can heal up. You can be ready to go. You can be listening. You're ready to rock. You can hear something coming at you. You can shoot. You can hit. And you can die. And then you get the chance to do it all over again. (laughs) Uh. And let's be really
1: clear. You can absolutely kill someone that's wearing good armor. It just takes a lot of shots. And an SKS, which is single fire only, can make that really challenging. Especially when I'm guaranteeing you're using BP rounds. Because I know what you like to run through that bad boy. Which means, you you know, at some point you're like, is this guy dead? Why isn't he dead? And he's probably wearing very good armor. Is ultimately what it boils down to.
0: Yeah, and it was what it was. I didn't really mind because, like you, we were kind of just flushing out our stashes, which were a mess. And so it's just time to go try some exploration. If we died, we died. But in that particular raid, it was a really good example of, you know, we just tried something new. We said, hey, we're going to do this. We got in a completely new place. We got up on the top of the mountain, found a new place, really, that we hadn't explored to that extent. At least I hadn't. And you know we ended up dying, but I would call that one a moral victory because we did learn a lot about that particular part of the map along the way, which kind of helped us in our subsequent raids
1: it did you know we we went straight up there because you needed to what did you have? you had to mark something you had to do the you had to mark the ritual spot right, and in the first raid, you didn't have your markers because we we forgot to look at all the tasks and so we just ran straight up. So guess what? Second raid, we just died. We went up there. Hey, we were on the river again. So we marked the ritual spot and no fear, right? We're exploring. We learned a lot. We learned where we could be encountered or somebody has a high ground advantage of over us when we go to that spot. So we went back to that spot, looked for the sniper scav, and then we didn't spend a whole lot of time up there because we didn't want to get shot from that high ground again. And I lost my DVL with the big scope. Um, we, we were both using short range stuff again, or shorter range stuff. Uh, at least I was. I think we switched, actually, because I think you switched to the AKS with the Valde, and then I switched to the no-scope Mosin. And so we're like, okay, well, let's get off this rock. We're going to move down to the old Sniper Rock that's just north of Lumber Camp. So we went down to the old Sniper Rock, and we're just looking around, trying to see if we could find anything. Not much going on there. So at that point we knew we needed scab kills, and when you spawn on that north part of the map in the new area, we ended up getting the X fill for outskirts each time. And so we're like, okay, well let's get over to Scav House because we cleared the middle of the map. If we go over to Scav House, we kind of already know how the scabs respawn there. We know how players sort of rotate through there when they're leaving. So we wanted to farm scabs at scab house, and then I wanted the chance to kill PMCs as they were leaving or rotating through to get scab kills as well. So we explored the new area. We learned the mountain, at least how to get to it, how PvP happens on it, how to get up it, how to get down it, different ways to get out because of the PvP. To me, that PvP encounter where I died, you can get frustrated with that stuff. But I just I've really committed to not because you know what now that encounter is forever ingrained. It was the first PvP encounter I had up there. And I look forward to the next one because I know what to expect. I know where they're going to be. I know where to be looking. And so that was a big learning experience. And I'm excited for the next PvP encounter I have on the mount. So let's talk about Scav House, though, because we had a couple of really neat Awesome interactions over there. I, you got to break this one down for me because you had a bolt action kill that was insane. It was nuts. And it was like, I needed help so bad, and you clutched it out. It was awesome.
0: Well, it started with you were clearing the area and you ran into a PMC and got into a fight with them and started shooting at each other. And for whatever reason, he got a shot on you and it, you were hurting. And so you were running, we were kind of using Scav House as the kind of man in the middle. And you were kind of flanking around Scav House to try to block his line of sight. And if you go on the south side of Scav House, the one that faces the shoreline and woods, there's a fence that goes around it by the road. And he, the PMC was coming around the south side and heading to what would be, I guess, the west side, the southwest side of Scav House. He was hunting for you, had no idea that I was 90 degrees off a scav house and he was ADS looking the other direction. He came right. It was kind of luck because I was ADS looking kind of where you said, Hey, he's, he's somewhere over here. And he just happened to walk like right in my direction. And I had to move just a little bit to avoid a tree. He heard me and then ran towards me and I didn't have time to ADS or aim. I just pointed and shot when one tapped him. It was a pretty cool shot. It was a great shot,
1: not only from being a one tap, but also because he destroyed me. I had two black limbs, two heavy bleeds, and a light bleed. I'm down, dude. <laughs> like, Here's where he's at. He's on the other side of Scab House. I'm on the right front right corner to us, and I think he's on the left side, and he's coming. And he mm-hmm. dropped him, and it was awesome.
0: Yep. I was using this kind of weird gun that I had created, this... M700 with an Archangel stock and a Valde and running, you know, just some decent ammo through it. And it it was kind of an experiment, to be honest with you. I was trying to make a poor man's, you know, kind of Chad bolt action rifle for less than, you know, 300K. So I would say it works okay for long range shots, but I had one shot and it just happened to land it. And part luck, part, I kind of know with that gun now, having used it a lot, kind of how to hip fire it, which, you know, is is a thing in Tarkov. Hip firing really is a thing. And so, yeah, drop that guy and it worked out in our favor. You were able to heal and um, I was able to kill a couple scavs that spawned uh, while you were healing and it worked out in our favor in that instance. It was awesome. You know, and I, I kind of want to talk about this whole
1: area though, because scav house is really the main marker. Woods in general can get really challenging because it's rocks, trees, hills, and some camps and some houses. Very spread out, and so one of the reasons why we we kind of explored the mountain, and then it was like, okay, let's go, let's go do something we know. Scav House is really neat because they moved the exfil for outskirts a little bit. It's now just beyond Scav House down the road, and there's a truck in the road, and that's how you get out. Well, south of Scav House towards the shoreline, there's. A couple of big rocks, and there's a pretty good amount of space. There. There's about a good amount of green space and all kinds of elevations. But there's some there's two rocks that you can get up on and have really good sight on really that whole part of that map. I mean, really good sight lines if it's not foggy. And so our thought was, let's take this area, get up on those rocks, and wait for scav respawns, catch players rotating through. Learning those rocks and looking at the sight lines, if you haven't explored that area of the map, I'm going to highly recommend that you clear out the scabs at Scab House and go look at these rocks, get up on them. Some of them take some weird jumps, but get on them, look around, explore that area by Scab House, south of the road, and then you'll see the two big rocks there, and look around. It's a great sniping spot. And it's the reason we went there, because there's scavs that spawn all over, and the rotations. To that point, after all this occurred on the other side of the road near scav house, we had our farm area set up. Ronald needed scav kills, I needed PMC kills. It was late enough in the raid on this particular one that we really didn't think there was going to be any more PMCs on the map. So I said, okay, you hold the rocks. Let's wait for the scabs. You can snipe out and see if you can see any scabs. I'm going to go down closer to the coast and make sure that a player scab or a PMC doesn't rotate up behind us. And normally I would do something like this and nothing would happen. In this case, I said that, took my little position among this little uh, rock pile. There's like a bunch of smaller rocks that create a little lip, probably 20 meters off the shoreline, but you have really good audio of the shoreline, and good physical cover. Not 20 seconds after I get over there, I hear running. I hear a guy running left to right, right along the shoreline, and I've got my little snub nose Mosin. And I tell Ronald, I'm like, there's a guy here. I take a shot. I miss. He finds like a little nook and cranny right on the shoreline by the dock. And I throw nades. I had three vogs and a regular F1 grenade, and I threw all four, and I didn't know if I got him or not. And Ronald's like, do you need me? I said, yeah, get up here. I don't know if I can get this guy. So Ronald's coming up behind me. I can hear his footsteps in the distance. And I'm wrapping around to the right around where I saw him duck down. And I see him prone out in this little crack. And he starts to crouch up. And I hit him straight through the eyes with a Mosin shot in kind of a quick scope. But it was, it was awesome. We drop him. And then we go loot him. <laughs> and this guy had killed sherman he had some high level dog tags and he had all the stuff he had the uh he had a dvl suppressed he had sherman's svds he had a fully decked out shotgun and then everything else was full of mags ammo loot everything so we got to pull his loot out kill a couple more scabs and then just leave right out of outskirts there. So in terms of PVP at the scab house, we had some really, really cool uh, situations go down just from hanging out in that area and farming.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it was, it was a real big win, I would say, from a strategy perspective. We, I would say, controlled that area of the map and the whole side of the map in a way that we haven't done before, maybe. It would be a good way to describe it.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, I We've played a fair amount of woods together, kind of spread out. We haven't really played a lot of woods where it's like, okay, we're going to go and we're going to go and we're going to go and we're going to do it till these tasks are done or at least close to done. We needed a lot of scab kills. We needed a lot done. And I knew it was going to take a lot of raids to get three PMC kills with bolt actions. So we were committed to it.
0: So yeah, what was interesting about that was we made a choice to split woods up Kind of in a way, instead of saying we're going to roam around and look for scabs, we made a choice to say we're going to hold down an area. And I would say in the past, we haven't tried that as much. We've gotten through an area, cleared all the scabs out, cleared all the PMCs out, and then said, okay, let's move on to the next area. And we decided we're going to hold down an, a certain part of it. And I found that to be a little bit less intimidating. So we talked about how. Exploring the map was fun, and getting over our own our own exploration fear. I think that by holding down an area after we kind of learned a little bit more about a middle part of the map, it just added an element of fun to the night playing on woods. And yeah, we had to do some weird tasks where no armor, and you had to kill three PMCs in a raid and survive without X filling or with X filling. But I just found the type of play that we did locking down that particular area and doing it a couple of times and kind of getting good at it now to be a new thing in Tarkov. And just like we did on customs a couple of weeks ago, when we talked about how we got a lot better at customs running different tasks through and doing different things and being very intentional on customs. I think we can make something out of woods. And instead of not liking it and avoiding it, I'm actually kind of excited to play that area and refine some of those tactics.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think for me, what it boils down to for Woods is if I'm not having fun on Woods or not having success on Woods, I will so quickly move on to do anything else, literally anything else. I just, if it's not going well in Woods or I'm not at least having fun, I'm out. I'm done. I agree. I think spending some time, spending a little quality time with Woods It was great because I actually know I'm going to be back on Woods a lot, getting my bolt action sniper skill up, probably hunting scabs and running around like a crazy person, reloading as much ammo as I can and just shooting at whatever comes my way. So I'm probably going to spend a lot more time on Woods soon. And I have to kill Sherman, which is my next scab boss I have to kill. So we're going to get a little more intimate on Woods. And I look forward to that. But I guess for me, the key comes back to having fun on Woods. Um, and fun for me is being successful on woods. Um, it can be a whatever else for anybody else. But what would you say, like, if you were going to boil it down to a couple of things, what would be your top tips for being successful or having fun on woods?
0: Well, I think being successful is a relative thing. I think it's successful to learn something every time you're in a raid and you survive. So that's my bar for success. I don't feel like you have to have 10 kills and Have full bags to consider our rate of success. If you play a map, any map, not just woods, and if you survive, and if you learn something along the way, I call that successful. With woods, I think for me, some tips for success and some tips to have fun while you're being successful are to kind of in the beginning use the terrain as cover and play kind of slower. If you're playing solo, play a little slower, use the terrain as cover. Woods has lots of terrain to use as cover. You're not going to be able to play sound as heavy as other maps, in my opinion, because of just the nature of what it is. It's a big open area. That doesn't mean you won't be able to play any sound. It just means that you're going to want to be looking around more. It's going to be more of what you see and less of what you hear on Woods because you're going to see things at distance. Play slow, would be my biggest tip to have fun for the initial person who's really afraid of it. And then from there, once you kind of get the hang of the layout of the map, then just do what we did. Go in with just whatever garbage gear you have from a scav. And if you live, you live. But if you learn something and die, it's still a success. And that's why I consider what we talked about earlier about climbing the mountain, getting up there with that scav sniper kill, as well as getting in like the ZB tunnel or whatever it's officially called and getting that rare spawn and just getting up into that part of the map and learning how to do that and working around. I That's a success to me because we learned something along the way and we had fun doing it. And so I think that's, that's definitely two things to think about when you're going into woods. How about you?
1: Yeah, I think something you said there just really makes sense to me, but it. uh It made me think about how small woods used to be, and it's why I don't like it. And it's really the old version of woods that I don't like. And I haven't spent enough time on the new version of woods to really like it. Seeing how quickly you can go from the edge of the new map, of the new expansion area near the river, into the old area of Woods and get to the outskirts area or shade left and get to the lumber camp or, you know, closer to the downed UAV near Jaeger's little outpost. The old version of Woods was small and it was a sniper haven because everybody funneled through one pretty narrow spot. And because of that, I did, <laughs> just didn't like the map. But what I would say to anybody who's trying to Go on to woods and learn it and get over the exploration fear, the gear fear, task fear, whatever. Pick an area and go there every single raid, just like we did. The first area we picked was the mountain. The second area we picked was the scav house. And we picked those and we went there over and over and over to explore it, to find different routes, to figure it out. We didn't talk about it, but we spent probably five minutes one raid trying to jump up the side of... (laughs) the back side of the mountain. And we found an impasse where my strength level allowed me to jump on something that Ronald could not get on. And it was so close, but we couldn't do it. So we had to go down and all the way around the other side. And we wasted a lot of time doing that, but it was like, okay, well, this is cool. We now know that you can get up there, but it requires a certain strength level, which I don't know when that's going to help me. It may not, but I may get to Some situation where I'm like, oh, I can get up here and maybe they can't, or I can get up there and maybe they don't know that they can. Pick an area, go there, it doesn't matter what part of the map you're on, woods isn't that big, it's still not that big. If you're running, you have a lot of cover, you know, very, you know, run back and forth, you can get across this map really quick. It's not as big as you think. The more you explore, the more you're going to shrink it down in your mind as you place these key locations together and understand how to get from one to the other and fill in those paths that you want to take so that would be my number one pick an area go there every raid no matter what no matter where you spawn figure out how to get there and then the other tip that i have is even if you don't like bolt action you're going to have to do a lot if you go into jaeger's task line you will end up doing a lot of bolt action tasks and woods is a great place for it so what i would recommend is mozin no scope cheap armor no bag maybe a grenade maybe not no helmet just wear a face mask and run baby and just go and shoot learn run around shoot scabs. but take a mozin in and and just run around it's it's an amazing map to sprint you get a lot of endurance leveling at the very least but it's a great map to learn how to use a bolt action at all different ranges You may die a bit doing it as you learn paths, but I can kind of run around on it like a maniac on Woods now with just a no-scoped Mosin and cause some damage. Now, I've died a lot figuring this stuff out, but it's a really good map to practice with bolt actions, and you're going to have a lot of tasks where you need to get them done there. So those would be my two for Woods specifically.
0: Yep, and Mosins are cheap, so it's just an easy thing to just go do, and if you die a few times... It doesn't really matter. And you're right, getting good with hip-firing a Mosin or getting good with firing a Mosin without a scope on it even is going to help you with Jaeger's tasks down the line. I think the most fun that I've had in Woods is playing the map and not worrying too much about dying. Just getting to the point where realizing that exploring any kind of exploration on any map, you're going to experience deaths. And that's just a part of it. And it's how you plan on that. And what I mean by that is my my biggest tip is don't go in there with a million-ruble kit if you don't know anything about what you're doing. You're, you're going to die. You're going to be out a million rubles. You're going to get super frustrated. Go in there with the cheap sub-100K kit where you can still defend yourself and you can still live to fight another day. If you had 10 runs with just cheap stuff versus one run with whatever you could afford after scabbing for how long it took you to get that, does you no good to have the one run with the million ruble kit. You got to go in there, understand that dying is part of the game. We all hate it. It's terrible at some points where it just gets frustrating. But if you can maximize the number of attempts you have versus the amount of gear that you bring in, you really can create your own success in Tarkov. And Woods is a perfect example of that. So that is my biggest tip is be mindful of what you bring in so that you can be mindful of how much money you have to make to support your exploration. But that's about it. I don't know about you, but we've run through and past the scav house. We are coming up on the truck by the outskirts. You can hear it idling over there. We're in the ditch. The green bar is flashing. We've been successful. We've made it out. We have a Mosin, a scav vest, and a smile. We're about to disappear. But before we do, I want to thank everybody for listening to the show. As always, we are very appreciative of everyone who's found a home in the Xfield Discord and all of you that have picked up the show on whatever platform you listen to, whether it's audio or on YouTube, we thank you for doing that. Remember, you can help the show by on that platform, whatever it is, doing whatever that platform has for feedback. So that's on YouTube. Hit the like button. That makes a huge difference. Leave a comment. That makes a huge difference. If you're not subscribed to YouTube, we ask you to consider subscribing to YouTube as well. On the audio side, if you're on iTunes or Podbean or Stitcher or one of those platforms, you can leave comments and you can leave a five-star review. And if we've earned a five-star review from you, please go ahead and do that. If we haven't earned a five-star review, join Discord, give us some constructive feedback. You'd be surprised at we've actually changed things on the show, getting feedback from people who have said, hey, you know, you guys should really do this a little bit differently. And if you don't know what I mean, or if you don't believe me, you should check out YouTube because Trigger might be facing a different direction right now. But that's about it for this week. So we wish you good luck in your raids and in your exploration. And we hope you have a great week out there. And we'll see you next time. Enjoy that cream of Tarkov, baby. We'll see you. Thanks,
1: guys.